Lee. He's a good friend of mine. He's a mentor for many years. Um, I've known him since 2016, and I know him through the Lions Club or Lions Club International, uh, which uh, some people might know, some people might not realize um, who we are. But uh, if you've ever been out in the community and you've seen people in like yellow vests uh, with like a blue logo on it, that's the Lions Club. Um, not Walmart workers, because it kind of looks the same, yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to let Bob um, introduce himself and give a little bit about his background, um, and then we'll kind of cruise from there. Okay, well, James, uh, great to be here with you today. Uh, I'm basically a uh, semi-retired uh, civil engineer and land surveyor. But, uh, you know, in terms of my background with the lions, uh, like many old-time lions, my association with the uh, organization actually started with going to a luncheon meeting with my neighbor. And I think a lot of old-time members uh, got introduced to lionism through a friend or a mentor uh, or fellow worker uh, being invited to, to join them at a meeting. Uh, my interest really peaked because of what the lions did, uh, their service, their uh, dedication to, to make their communities a better place. Uh, not many people may know this, but uh, I really became a lion in Kailua Kona. I became a lion in 1981 with the <laughs> Lions Club of Kailua Kona. Before I was born. And uh, yeah, so I've been a lion longer than uh, Jim's, uh, Jim James has been alive. But uh, you know, uh, but like many things in life, you know, uh, I was uh, interested. I got involved uh, in Kona, but. Uh, I also left lionism when I had to move back. Uh, I had a corporate move back to Honolulu in 1990. So I left lionism for a couple of years. I had, uh, you know, work I had to worry about, and also had uh, a family and, and relationships I had to take care of. But I did come back to to lionism after a span of about two three years, and I rejoined the uh, lions with the Chinatown Lions in 1990. So mm -hmm. when you do the math now, I guess that's you know 30. <laughs> 32 years now. So if you add my previous time and what I've spent recently, I, I'm, I've been a lion for almost 40 years. Wow. And uh, really, I, I don't regret it. I, I think it's been one of the most rewarding things in my life. Uh, the opportunities, the networking, the friendships, getting to meet people as interesting as James and having <laughs> him uh, be a lion and be a, our president this year. It, it's really gratifying to see the young people stepping up to take over uh, you know, leadership in our, our organization and our club, and we know that uh, our organization and clubs will move forward with such a dynamic and young people like like James and and the other young members we have in our club. Yeah, and uh, I, you were the first contact I had at the Chinatown Lions, I, I believe, right? I can't remember how I did. I think I emailed something or maybe there was a website uh, yeah i think <laughs> you, you emailed us and said you were interested in being a member because you were such an active force in chinatown and uh, we were really happy to see someone involved in our communities involved in in, in trying to, to do better things for the chinatown community and I, I think we were really happy to have you decide to become a chinatown lions club member i remember i was i was he hesitant at first because um for some reason i had thought it was like a religious like I thought you had to be like a Catholic or a Christian to do it because I tend to be like non-religious. Uh, so at first I was kind of like taken take back. I was like, I don't know if I should uh, pursue this. Uh, but then like through further research and then understanding like, oh, it's a non-profit. It's, it's not really. Yeah, we're really non-denominational and really apolitical. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't think politics has, has anything to do with community service. So uh, we, we tend to stay away from topics such, such as that, even though, you know, some of our members do get carried away sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, and I've always appreciated uh, your help and uh, everything with the club. I remember my first year, I volunteered to be the secretary, and you had warned me. You said, no, 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 you know, that's a big task, because I've served as secretary for other committees, but those weren't the same. You know, you're basically like a chief of staff, to the club president. Almost. Well, you know, you volunteered to take the, the most difficult position in any Lions Club, and that's the, the, the job of secretary. Yeah. There's so many tasks to do that when you said you want to be club secretary, I said, well, you know what? Maybe you should want to rethink this. Yeah. Yeah, you need a little bit more uh, air underneath the wings to, to, to be a 
uh, a really good secretary. Definitely, definitely. That's why I'm glad we have Lion Steven, secretary now, because I, I I forget things all the time, and he'll be like, no, this, this, this. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, try being my agent trying to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's go through, like, your different positions you've held like in the Lions altogether, because you were your la- latest position was the past district governor of uh, Hawaii. Yeah, that's correct. But you know, uh, it, it, like any organization, there's multiple positions and tasks to fill. Uh, when I was a member of the Kailua Kuna Lions Club, I was club president a couple of years. I was also zone chair on the Big Island, so I took care of half of the Big Island. All yeah. the way from Honoka all the way down to Kau was uh, the area I was involved in. So Wait, when was that? Uh, that was about 1985, 86. Wow. Yeah. Before so emails. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was way before social media and the advent of, you know, smartphones and everything else. So it was an interesting position. And uh, I remember spending long hours on the road trying to take care of uh, the lions and the clubs in, in those areas. Uh, when I moved back to Honolulu, uh, I became a Chinatown Lion in 1990. And, uh, you know, eventually I became club president. I was club secretary for many years. I was club editor of putting out a, a monthly magazine. And then I, I also got uh, further involved in our district, which basically is a statewide organization. So I became a zone chair again, I, I, uh, in charge of six clubs in our area. Then I got uh, promoted, if you want to call it that, to region <laughs> chair, which involved taking care of two zones with about a dozen clubs. Wow. Uh, and in between that, uh, I got involved with what uh, is the fundraising arm of the district, which is the Hawaii Lions Foundation. Uh, I was asked to be the uh, chair of the iBank uh, for 2010 to 2012. Uh, I got uh, our new facility at the Cooking Ku- Physicians uh, Center designed, built, uh, and operating, oh, wow. uh, which was really uh, something that I was really interested in and really pushing for because. Uh, you know, one of the things about being a lion, uh, I've always thought that our vision program, helping people with vision, was a critical component of being a lion. And then uh, after I finished my term as the uh, iBank chair, I became a foundation president for two years. So I was actively involved in that until 2014. And then uh, in 2015, I was responsible for the international convention that came to Honolulu. So I was responsible for making sure that we took care of about 20,000 clients from across <laughs> the world in 2015. So uh, after that, uh, I decided to become a district governor. In other words, uh, the CEO for really the, the, the Lions of Hawaii. And I did that in 2018 to 2019. And of course, I have to say that uh, all these were only possible because of the support and help I got from the Chinatown Lions and the Lions of Hawaii. So, you know, I've had a very interesting career as a lion, and, uh, you know, um, um, I think I have a passion for what we do. Uh, I think most lions do. They become lions because they're passionate about serving their communities. And, uh, you know, I see it in guys like you, James. (laughs) You don't have to lie to the people. I'm not. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I I always, uh, even when I was in the military, I used to volunteer. I used to volunteer with the D.A.R.E. program, Mm -hmm. go to the schools. and just like for events and fairs um, and then I just I never knew really how to get involved with any club because um, I don't know I just it just didn't seem like I could find information on on like just community service in the area you know mm-hmm. and then uh, I think my friend Rich Halverson he's in the Hawaii County I think yes. he had mentioned that he is a lion and I kind of was like, well, what is that? You know, <laughs> let me look into that. And then I, I remember seeing the lions, you know, around, you know, with the yellow vests. So I was like, ah, yeah, I'll try to pursue well, that. Well, it's interesting you you, uh, you mentioned Rich because uh, he actually lives across the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in a Zoom meeting with him just the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Hey, so shout just, out to Rich. Yeah. And it's, it really, so it really shows you it's a really a small world in many ways. Yeah. And you meet so many uh interesting people so many cool people when you do the different i think that's kind of what also lured me to all the different organizations i belong to because mm-hmm. if you kind of like limit yourself to the type of people around you you just you don't expand your your thinking or your, your well i think one thing about belonging to an international organization like the lions is you get to meet 
lions and people from all over the world. Yeah. And, and I've been really fortunate because uh, being involved in International Convention and uh, really being involved in, in, let's say, the senior portion of, of, of lions in Hawaii, I've been able to meet lions from all over the world. Uh, I've been able to meet our international presidents, our international directors. Mm -hmm. And they're really an interesting group of dedicated and passionate people. Mm -hmm. If you really think about what they do and what they donate in, in terms of their time and energies to further our international organization and, and the word service, it's really fascinating. And those are the kind of people that you really want to, to work with and look up to and admire because they have a passion for service. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you know our motto is we serve, and I think all of them, and I think most of us, we, we take that word seriously. That, that passion of service to help our communities, our, our, our uh, you know, all the organizations that, that support and prop up uh, what we consider life and, and, and communities like uh, Alzheimer's or diabetes or all these mm -hmm. communities. You know, you, you'll find that lions are actively involved in all of these uh, core needs uh, throughout the state and throughout the world. Yeah, and it's interesting because when I lived in Brazil, anytime you would go around, you would see three large symbols everywhere. The Rotary, the Freemasons, and the Lions Club. Like, almost every, like, small town you would go into, like, in the outskirts of the major cities, would be, like, right in the front, right when you're driving mm -hmm. down, you would have those three. And I always thought that was fascinating. I wasn't a lion at the time, uh, but... You know, I'm a Mason, so I used to go and, and visit the different mm -hmm. lodges and stuff. And when you belong to an organization that's international and is geared towards either making yourself better or making the community better, the type of people that you meet uh, is always incredible because they're always just so so positive and, and they're not really self-serving. They're just they're really like uh, especially a lot of the lions right. and Rotary. Uh, they're you know busy. Um, you know they're pretty pretty high up there in the in the chain of corporate ladders and whatever and but they still make time to come out and, and clean up graffiti or, or pick up trash and things like that uh so th i think that's that's always like the kind of people i wanted to surround myself with right positive that's people absolutely so, uh that's what um man i've been involved in so many organizations to the point where i was i was burnt out i didn't realize i was burnt out until covid hit and then i it was rare for me to have like an evening where uh -huh. I wasn't doing something. And then all of a sudden, not, you know, it was nothing. Right. Everything was shut down. And then I, I was like, man, I, I, I've never actually just relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think COVID's made uh, a lot of people and organizations rethink how they do things. Mm -hmm. I think prior to COVID, uh, many of our Alliance clubs, uh, they weren't actively involved in Zoom or go to meeting. You know, nobody had virtual meetings, uh, mm -hmm. video meetings. And I think uh, because of the necessity of trying to do things during a pandemic time, it really forced a lot of us old timers to, to kind of learn and, and get with it in terms of uh, <laughs> doing you know, video conferencing, yeah. uh, video meetings that I think we're, we're a little bit uh, more sophisticated now. And, you know, like for us right now, you know, we're, we hold virtual meetings. Basically, where half is online on Zoom, mm -hmm. another meeting we, we do a face to face. And, of course, I have to tell you, I'm an old-time lion. I really like the social aspects <laughs> of a face-to-face. -face. No, me too. Me too. And, and, you know, that's one of the good things about, uh, I think, lions is the fact that we, we have the social component. But, but it's the social component in, in terms of service, right? We're, we're there for a common, common cause, a common good. And uh, we, we're also practical because we understand in order to get things done, we, we've got to Zoom and we've got to go to yeah. meetings. Uh, that's the only way uh, we can get things done and I think uh, internationally uh, our international organization has really promoted zoom meetings go to meetings I mean we've had international conventions on zoom yeah uh, conferences on zoom so I, I think uh, that's the way of the future and I think it's really important for for us as an organization to look at that because it provides opportunities for a whole bunch of people that were never interested in becoming a lion because they didn't want to go to a meeting a boring meeting or going yeah. to a dinner meeting or coming to a, uh, an event at a set time. But with Zoom now, you, know, you open up a whole new venue for people who, who may not have been interested in, in, in doing a Lions or a service project. Yeah, and that's a, I don't know if other places have it, but we have the Hawaii Cyber Lions. Um, did you have, you had a hand in that, right? Yeah, you know, the whole concept of Cyber Lionism in Hawaii was 
my idea. Okay, that's uh, what I thought. I just I was I didn't want to undercut anyone. No, 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 no. Honestly, but you know, it was just an idea that uh, basically I had stolen from other lions in the mainland. Uh, There's several lions clubs in the mainland that had started cyber club, and that was something that uh, I had picked up going to a USA Canada forum on the mainland, and I talked to to lions who were starting cyber clubs, and I thought that it would be a perfect venue for lionism in Hawaii. You know, we're, we're a bunch of islands separated by oceans. Uh, you know, what would be better than just getting on a Zoom call and <laughs> talking to someone across the state? Yeah. And yeah. providing opportunities, like I said, for people who, who didn't want to get involved in a traditional bricks and mortars club, uh, who, had the, who wanted the, the freedom of be belonging to cyber club, not having to worry about going to meetings. You know, mm -hmm. you can attend a meeting in your T-shirt and shorts. I mean, you didn't have to dress up. So I, I thought the whole concept was really good, and it provided a different way of becoming a lion, especially for young active members. Yeah, and I'm sure they probably have no problem switching. Yeah, when the lockdowns happen, they're like, yeah, well, we're... Well, you know, the cyber, client, uh, the cyber lions were one of the most active clubs because they weren't yeah. constrained by a physical meeting, right? They were able to meet online because that's what they traditionally do. Mm -hmm. So they really led the way for, for a lot of the lions clubs in Hawaii to do service during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done really? a few yeah. projects mm -hmm. with them. Oh, yeah, I'm a member too, but before I became like an official member. Yes, I, yes we, we know that you're an associate <laughs> member, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I see, and that's what's good because I think that was seeing what, like you were saying, a lot of people don't want to show up to the meetings, especially, you know, younger people. Mm -hmm. um, I th My personal belief is that a lot of the younger people don't see the benefit of just joining clubs mm -hmm. in general. And um, what else you said was the, the social aspect. That I think is important because I'm a very sociable person like yourself. So for me, I've always enjoyed, um, yeah, we can go, we can do the service projects. That's awesome. And then, you know, the next meeting we're doing is, you know, in person, we're talking story, you're meeting with people. Um, yeah, that's, and I think a lot of people kind of look past that part. Yeah, but I they think, don't. You know, I, mean, I really think that social interaction is r really necessary hmm. because, you know, uh, I come from a generation that has one different mindset. You, you come from another generation that has a different mindset. <laughs> if we can communicate with each other and talk to each other and find the good points of both sides yeah, and find common ground, I, I think that's that can only be a positive. I mean, you know, uh, I think we've learned a lot from you guys, uh, our, the younger members in our club. I mean, you know, us old guys we used to do some really old fashioned things, right? <laughs> Like faxing? Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and so we really needed to kind of get with the program. If we're going to attract and, and motivate younger members, uh, dynamic guys like you, we need to figure out a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, the ability to, to, to meet, to communicate, to find common ground, I, I think is critical in you know, any organization. Yeah. And I guess in the Lions... They do so many projects, which is also cool because you can kind of like the, pick and choose, right? Like if you want to do um, an eyeglass collection drive, mm -hmm. you can do that. If you want to, um, is it the Mililani Lions? They do the breakfast, you know, fundraiser. There's so many things you could do that I think uh, you could tailor it to, to different yeah, likes. Yeah, I think one thing good about individual Lions is they dictate the service that right. they want to do. Uh, even though internationally we have core uh, programs like vision and hearing, but really, it, it's really left up to the individual clubs to determine what's important for them and their communities, and for them to decide. You know, this is what we're going to do. So yeah. I think that's one thing great about our organization. The hardest thing for our club is the, you know, Chinatown Lions for, for Chinatown Honolulu. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a historic district, a lot of privately owned properties, right? <laughs> and, the, and the city owns the other properties, and it's like. Every time we try to organize like some sort of event, you know, the city says, "Okay, well, you have to get permi written permission from the building owner." And I'm like, well, I don't know who the building owner is, right? Because you know, the I would like to do like the graffiti cleanups and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to projects, has there ever been any like projects that you you wanted to do anywhere with within the lions that? It just ended up not being feasible for some reason. I think there's been a few that, that always propped up, but you always look at uh, manpower requirements, costs associated with it, and whether there's a liability issue to it. It's mm -hmm. a thing that, that always comes to mind. And then a lot of times, it, it's just like like you said, trying to get permission from people to do it. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned graffiti, yeah, you know, but 
do we get the permission from who? Right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> red tape, well, everywhere. red tape. Uh, sometimes it gets in the way, uh, but I, I think you know overall uh, we generally try to do what we can. I mean, you know, we don't ask to do you to do more than what you can physically do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're not asking you to be Superman and do Mission Impossible. Right? <laughs> uh, we all realize, you know, we have limitations. Uh, every organization has limitations, so we we ask you do to do the best you can with the amount of time you can donate. I mean, you can't ask anyone for more than that. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's why I think, um, especially with the COVID and the lockdowns and everything switching to, like, virtual, I think a lot of organizations are, are kind of, like, developing that mentality, too. And now more so, more Lions Clubs, right? Because mm-hmm. before it was just a Cyber Lions. You, hey, there's this project. You can show up if you want. Uh, but now all the other clubs also who are meeting virtually, you know, hey, you know, you can listen on your phone to our meeting if you want, or just come out to the project. Right, and interesting too is you know now you can go and uh, go in to uh, join other other clubs at their Zoom meetings. Yeah, you, you can do it internationally. Crash the party. I, I've, I've been invited to to several of their uh, Zoom meetings in India. You know, so I'm, oh, I'm wow. up at two o'clock in the morning uh, joining their discussions about Lionism in India. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know we have a network of Zoom guys all over the United States that. Uh, connect with so that's one one benefit of the pandemic is the fact that you know zoom is technology is so much prevalent now yeah that, uh, we do things around the world i mean that, yeah i mean if you're looking for like a positive side of covid i would definitely yeah. say the the forcing of of different entities mm-hmm. corporate and nonprofit and government having to switch over to virtual and and realizing the the benefit of that not only for your i guess bottom line but also the just the the welfare of the employee or right. the member mm-hmm. right uh, i telework now i didn't telework during covid i would still show up to the office cuz i didn't want to be trapped in my room all the time <laughs> <laughs> but then i eventually switched over to telework and uh yeah i enjoy it it's it's a lot more relaxing and uh, I get more done mm-hmm. because I just feel like I, the environment that I'm working in is one that I've created. It's not like office lights right. and, mm-hmm. and the cubicle spaces and carpet from the seventies. Oh, the still smells. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> well, so here's one thing too. Now, you know, hopefully the COVID is the situation is being controlled and we're going to be basically able to go to a new normalcy in life. Mm-hmm. So now all the clubs that use the pandemic as an excuse to not to do things <laughs> won't have an excuse anymore. Right? <laughs> now they have so to now, to so we're going to have to gear up and uh, you know get back to to doing what we normally do in a non non pandemic world. Yeah, yeah. So it's a warning to all these clubs who've been using it as an excuse. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to get up or you know what and get things going again. Yeah, you know one thing that I always wondered, and this is for any organization, whether it's Lions um, or the Masons. You know, some clubs have very low membership and low turnout. They have a hard time. Why or what, or what do you think or what do you know holds these clubs back from just saying, well, if your club's having a hard time, my club's having a hard time, we could kind of come together and at least we'll have more membership showing up and things like that. You know, I, I think uh, the fact that each club is an individual club. Mm. Uh, gets in the way sometimes, you know, their their pride, their their history gets in the way sometimes. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's been a few clubs in, in the, our district in, in Hawaii that we felt that maybe they would be better off if they basically joined another club because mm-hmm. in terms of low membership or low service activities, you know, they'd be better off with more people because basically you have more lines, you, you're able to do more things. But sometimes, you know, pride and ego gets in the way. I <laughs> yeah, mean, I hate true. to say that, yeah. but... Uh, you know, if you belong to a club and, and you're proud of your club, you really don't want to think about, gee, we're going to fold up and we're, we're going to join another club. So sometimes, you know, that does get in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of clubs, they have a hard time recruiting young members. I mean, that's always been a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you think of Lions, most people think of 70, 80-year-old guys. That's true. <coughs> Same with the VFW. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's hard to uh, attract uh, younger, vibrant members in, into a club uh, we're fortunate that we have guys like you uh, we have the roosevelt leos as, as a feeder to our club but a lot of clubs don't have that kind of uh, privilege mm-hmm. I, I call it a privilege uh, to attract younger members and of course a lot of times guys like me get in the way and we don't <laughs> listen to to what the young people have to right. say 
So it's a question of accepting the fact that you need younger members to, to continue the club, club's history. You need to uh, hear the voices that they have. You know, uh, they're not there because uh, they don't want to. They want to be lions. They want to serve. So it's really giving them the opportunity to do what they joined. Mm-hmm. And don't be the guy stepping in and preventing that from happening. And I think a lot of old guys like me, we, we need to kind of understand that. And just basically let it go. I mean, really, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but this is the, uh, yeah, I can see. But also, I think a lot, a lot of people like yourself, you, there are things that like the younger people want to do that you have tried already and it just wasn't. So it's like, why uh, keep trying to reinvent the wheel in certain aspects? Yeah, but you know, demographics, conditions change. That's right? true. Yeah. So, you know, so you got to look at what maybe didn't work. 10 years ago might be viable today. Mm-hmm. And we need guy, young guys like you to, to remind us that, hey, you know, maybe it didn't work then, but it may work today. Yeah, times have changed. Times have changed, bro. right? And <laughs> so uh, we as an organization and we as Lions need to change and understand that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, we provide some of the history and, and, and the, and, and the uh, do's and don'ts from tasks. But, you know, uh, we need guys to, to say, hey, you know, it's doable now. You yeah. Know? What wasn't possible then is possible now. I mean, we have the energy and, and the desire to do so. Let's let's try it. Yeah, and uh, I, but I think it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier too. Is like the younger folks don't understand the um, benefit of like a social club in mm-hmm. a sense or a community mm-hmm. service organization, even though they want to do community stuff. Um, but I think, and it's I guess it's hard to relay like the relationships that you could could make with people and, and um, l- learning new things and new opportunities mm-hmm. from people that you meet. Um, you know, I've, like, I've met people like you and, and others that are just, they do fascinating things. Yeah, I can just listen to them talk. Um, but I think a lot of younger people, they're just so caught up with like college or work or, or trying to make a career and all that. But I think an organization like Lions Club, um, or, or, you know, another community service organization could, can help you in that path. Yeah, because you also, there's people that, you know, you could say, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. And they, oh, yeah, you know, I used to do that. And you here. know, I think a lot of times uh, we forget how active uh, our younger uh, members are. You know, the, the responsibilities that they have if they're going to school or starting out in a job. And so I think, you know, we, we need to be more realistic about what our expectations are of younger members. I remember uh, a long time ago when I was just a brand new lion with, with a family and a job. <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't have much time uh, to spare, but you know, I, I gave what I could, and I think that that's all we can expect from uh, younger members. Because you know, honestly, we always say uh, lionism isn't the most important thing. It, it's your family, it's your career, and then we only ask from you what you can give. You know, um, and we're just happy that you're even in the conversation. Mm. But uh, really, uh, in today's society, there's so many expectations on younger guys. You know, if you're, if you're a student and trying to go to school and trying to have a part-time job to pay for that education, yeah. or if you're a young uh, family just starting out, you got kids, <laughs> and you got all the, the programs that uh, you know, your kids normally go through, I mean, how much time do you really have in a week to donate? And, and honestly, yeah, you true. need some of that time for your own self. I mean, you, you got to take care of yourself too. Yeah. So I think we, we need to be more realistic about what our expectations are. It's not like the old days, you know? And so uh, that's what I always tell guys when they have problems with uh, recruiting young members is, you know, how realistic are you with your expectations of what they can give you? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just think about when you, when you were starting up in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, people's, people's lives get in the way. They need to get rid of their lives. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So when you were uh, district governor, uh, what would you, I guess, what would you say was your biggest accomplishment? Or did you set out to achieve something and then uh, followed through with it? Or Yeah, I, I, I wanted to do a couple of things uh, when I was district governor, and, and uh, I ran because of that. Uh, one was to provide uh, training, advanced training for our members. Uh, we always... Uh, Prior to my year as district governor, we always had a elementary or a beginning uh, training. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any training for senior lions. We didn't have training for lions who wanted to, to 
to move up into the ranks. So uh, one, of the, one of the things that I did as district governor is I brought in the Advanced Leadership Institute into Hawaii for the first time because uh, we needed to train our future leaders, and mm -hmm. we didn't have a path at that time. So uh, I was really glad that I was able to get LCI and, and uh, the powers to be to provide the funding and the personnel to, to do advanced leadership training. Yeah, and and awesome. I think uh, you know the result speaks for itself. Our district governor this year is a uh, graduate of our advanced institute. Nice. Uh, the, the vice district governor, uh, who will be got district governor next year, was a graduate. Oh, okay. And so I, I think uh, it's important to train the leaders of our, our organization, and I was happy that I was able to bring that in. Awesome. I've, and then now, because uh, it's such a, a powerful position, I guess you would say, uh, district governor. You're like the number one guy for Hawaii. What is it like the day after when your term is done? Is it like a relief, or is you kind of like miss it? Oh, I, I tell you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a party. Uh, is it? <laughs> because, you know, the, the pressure is off. Yeah, true. I mean, true. You, you know, uh, you do fill a position as what they call the immediate passage governor. But the fact that, uh, you know, you, you finished your term, uh, you had success, and there's someone else to carry the, the torch and the banner, it's, it's a relief. Because you really think about it, it's a multi-year uh, dedication. Mm -hmm. Because uh, in order to become district governor, you have to be first and second vice district governors. Mm -hmm. So that's two years before you take over the final position. Mm -hmm. And you have a commitment one year after that. So really, it, it's a four-year commitment. But we always tell our, our district governors and past district governors, it's a lifetime title. Mm -hmm. Once you're a district governor, you will always be a district yeah. governor. And you will always represent the association uh, in the state. And you can always try. Cause, right, because do you have to be a, a, a past district governor to go for like uh, the international seats? Uh, yes, yeah, that's oh, one of the requirements that uh, you're, you're a past district governor. And then for the international so wait, is it is it national and then international, or is oh, no, it no, it's, it's part just of the international? Same? Yeah, because oh, you know, I see. The, the board is basically an international organization that takes care of all the constitutional areas that oh, uh, the clubs involved. And then, uh, man, I bet they, I bet the cost savings that they will 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 have now because they, instead of like flying people out to meet, right, you can just do it over Zoom. <laughs> uh, you know, for the last couple of years, because of COVID, uh, they they've had virtual meetings. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, even the conventions, you know, uh, we've had virtual conventions because uh, we couldn't get into Canada this past year. <laughs> it was closed yeah, off. Canada, oh, and now you, no one can get in. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, a lot of us really miss the interaction we have. I have friends from all over the world that I meet once a year at the international mm -hmm. convention. That's, That's the only awesome. time I'll meet, be able to meet my friends from, from Italy or India or Japan. So, uh, really, uh, we look forward to going. But, uh, you know, uh, we hope that Montreal will open up in June of this year and oh. we'll have an international convention. Yeah, that's right. It is up there. Huh. Oh, man. There's a whole thing going on up there. <laughs> Hopefully that's all taken care of by then. Yeah, I think um, even like for me, like being in the union, uh, I was a union steward. Um, and I never really cared much about going to the meetings mm. that we would have every month. Uh, but I always found like the conventions we had, mm -hmm. the biannual conventions, important because I think people get burnt out of whatever their role is or, or they become um, disenfranchised for some reasons. But then when you get together mm -hmm. with everybody, uh, it just creates, a, you know, it's like a rejuvenating effect. Yeah, I think it, it kind of stirs the passion. I mean, I, yeah. I always uh, think back to my first international convention, which was in San Francisco. And uh, every international convention, we have what's called the Parade of Nations. Yeah, where, that's cool. Where uh, delegates from every country, uh, that's part of the Lions International, they march in a parade. And uh, they carry their, their country's flags, their banners. And I was really taken aback because in San Francisco, uh, there was a delegation from Africa. And there was only one individual who was able to come to San Francisco. Uh -huh. he, he was proudly carrying the flag of this country. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Huh. And, and when you see these countries and, and their lions dressed in the native costumes yep. or, or, you know, it it's really uh, gets you because it really makes you aware of how international our organization is and, and how much of an impact we lions have around the world. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just fascinating. And it's because, and it's also, again, like a reminder of like, uh, you know, like-minded people 
exist all over the world. Um, and that's kind of the part that drives, you know, my motivation mm -hmm. for lines. Like just, yeah, like you said, um, like I get excited when I watch those parades because I see the Brazilian delegation. Yeah, because I used to live in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's in my heart. <laughs> so I love seeing anything with Brazil. This year, you said it'll be in Montreal. Montreal. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. oh, that's too cold, man. <laughs> do you do, do you are they going to do like the parade? Of oh, absolutely. That, that's 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 to me. That's the most fundamental thing about the convention is the parade. I mean, how do you get all those hotel rooms? Oh, they're blocked. You know, these conventions are, are set in place nine to ten years before they actually happen. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, it's it's another thing in itself. The amount of work it takes to become a host city and yeah. the work it takes to actually have the convention in town requires multitude of volunteers. I, I would to hate to be the one who has to, like, book the hotels or, or anything like that off. Oh, that's... Well, you know, they, they have a staff. They have uh, LCI, our Alliance Clubs International, has a convention committee staff that helps the host committees uh, put together, you know, that whole package mm -hmm. of hotel rooms and transportation and, and all those things. No, oh, that's logistics. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, there's so much logistics. I mean, most people <laughs> don't even think about visa requirements for a lot of yep. the countries overseas. You know, in order for them to come to attend the convention, there's a whole slew of visa requirements that they're forced to have to get in. Interesting. Are there any countries that people would be surprised lions exist in? Oh, I, I think the list is really amazing when you consider, uh, you know, we're, we're in a, over 200 and, okay, I'm, I'm trying to guess it's all 280 countries around the world. So uh, the list is interesting. I mm. mean, yeah. Uh, like I said, we're a a political party so yeah. really uh, we, we try not to take uh internal and external politics politics yeah uh, away from the, the, the whole core commitment of service you know it's interesting like uh um because on my facebook you probably have them too there's a uh, there's a couple people from africa mm -hmm. um and i kind of like looking at their posts of what they're doing uh, you know, like water purification things or, or food drives for for the kids. That's that's the kind of stuff that I think is super important. Like cleaning up graffiti is awesome right. too. Clean up, but it's the the difference in the service projects between the different countries. In, you know, the, the needs vary, right? And, yeah. and our ability to do things in different uh, countries is kind of interesting. One of the things about our, our organization is uh, we have a charitable organization, which is uh, LCIF, Alliance Clubs International Foundation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, members, organizations donate to the cause. Um, and I think in the past 20 years, I think the foundation has passed out over a billion, billion dollars in grants and monies to, to organizations. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Huh. That's a lot of money, yeah? That's, and that's, that's kind of like reflective of just the overall... I think Lions organization itself, the the charitable aspect of it, people are willing to give time and also money in other right. ways, and then you can help those right. those smaller nations, like. But then you know we, we get help too. You know, like uh, when we had the eruption in volcano yeah, in Puna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we we were able to as a district get emergency funding from LCIF. Uh, as a district governor, you, you can automatically ask for $10,000 to help in disaster relief, mm -hmm. and you can always put in a request for additional funding as needed. Uh, the flooding in Kauai, we were able to get grants to help with that. So, you know, it, it works both ways, a and organization is there to help us yeah. in our times of need also. That volcano one was interesting. That's so interesting about living in Hawaii, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I'm from the mainland, so when I come over here and they talk about, like, oh, uh, you know, there's a lot of vog in the air today. Like, what is vog? Like, oh, it's volcanic. It's like fog, but it's from the volcano, yeah? Because it's... Oh, what? Okay. But yeah, that's... Um, the, my VFW, they had to go over to... Um, I think Molokai was one, and Big Island, to help rebuild where they used to meet. Mm -hmm. And for the lions, yeah... I'm assuming we did the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we actually had clubs in Puna mm -hmm. to help out uh, with, uh, you know, the uh, 
people affected by, by the volcano uh, who lost their homes. Mm -hmm. So we, we fed them, uh, we provided supplies and such. Uh, the Tonga, Tonga is another issue. Yeah. I mean, we have Lions Clubs in Tonga. So LCIF sent the emergency funds to Tonga to, to help. What exactly? To be honest, I haven't even followed. <coughs> I've just seen a lot of people are, are <coughs> raising awareness for uh -huh. Tonga. But I'm like, I, d I didn't. To be honest, I've. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, basically, uh, they need all any and all supplies. I mean, basically, the, the the whole island is just basically washed over. That's you know? crazy. So just just the basic necessities like food and water is, is critical. Hmm. So you know, so LCIF sends funding directly to the, the the lions of Tonga to help them with the emergency relief. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's sad that uh, you know. Mm that they have to deal with such a, a negative situation. I feel bad because I haven't been following it, but there's just so many other things going on too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah? But yeah, it's good to know that there's organizations like the Lions who are there to help. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if, if the, the Lions club, yeah, you see they're, how they're adapting to the zoom and all that. And, uh, do you think once COVID is over, people will kind of, navigate back to how it used to be maybe they don't want to do the zooms no you know i, I think most clubs they kind of understand the uh the benefits mm -hmm. of having video meetings um and, and i really think that a hybrid model would probably be the prevalent model for most lines clubs around the world i i think uh the benefits of being able to get members who can't come to a meeting physically mm -hmm. come to a meeting but you're able to to log on on Zoom or go to a meeting and be active at whatever discussion is happening at the club uh, to see what's happening and interact with people, even though through through Zoom or, or go to a meeting. Uh, I, I think uh, it's here to stay. I think people are have gotten used to the technology. They, they're getting lazy. Right? <laughs> Aye, that's me. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, just think about it. If you uh, didn't want to jump in a car and drive to a meeting site and, and spend the, the money to have a dinner or a lunch, but you can still be a part of that yeah. meeting. Yeah. Now why not do it and, and provide that? Sometimes I'm so lazy though. I don't even log into meetings. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, ah, I don't have anything to offer this this meeting. So, but yeah, like you said, I'm the president of the Chinatown Lions currently, and I was hoping that COVID would kind of like pass through and all that because I I felt like there's. There's more that can be done, but trying to get people to do things is hard. Yeah, I, I think the problem for for many clubs is that you have older members basically, mm -hmm. and they're the ones that was mostly affected by the COVID. Right. And so there's a hesitancy to to do service projects in COVID era because you, you didn't want to affect your members. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, as uh, it's changed, I think the COVID situation has changed drastically uh you know omicron's not as uh invasive as as delta was and mm -hmm. i think it's a little bit safer i think everybody's getting more real uh used to covid life the new normalcy i think uh you know we, we we're, we're going to be back out there and, and doing things like uh, we did before yeah i hope so and then for you do you have um <clears throat> you have a role with this international convention yeah uh, well, uh, you know, the international board will be coming to the Big Island in April of That's this year. That's right, yeah. So the international board directors and the officers uh, are planning to have their quarterly meeting in Waikoloa at the uh, Waikoloa Hilton. And so the Alliance of Hawaii will be hosting, uh, hopefully, about 100, 150 uh, Lions and, and staff members uh, there. Oh, nice. And then do you have plans for your future with the international side? or? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I am the endorsed candidate from, from Hawaii. Uh, I'll be running for the Office of International Director in Montreal this oh, year. Oh, nice. And it'll be in person. Yes, hopefully yeah, in person. <laughs> are you going to do like a parade? <laughs> Isn't that what we did at the district convention when, for you? It was like a little parade. Well, uh, you know, the, <laughs> like I said, the Parade of Nations is, is always the highlight of yeah, any international convention. And I look forward to marching in the parade with the rest of the Alliance from Hawaii. Nice. Is that, does the parade happen before or is uh, it just like during? It, it's usually held on the Saturday morning yeah. before we, we have our general sessions. It's just all those people marching. Woo! 
I like that. I think, uh, you know, they, they usually have about 10,000 people. You know, if you have a, a regular convention mm-hmm. with a regular turnout, you usually have about eight to 10,000 lions marching. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It is. Again, that's a lot of logistical nightmares. So what were your, what were your role, international director? What exactly would you be? Uh, you know, I'll be basically uh, on, on the board uh, looking at and, uh, the policies uh, and answering, uh, you know, uh, grants and such that usually come to the board. But basically, it's like any corporate board. You know, we're making sure that the organization is run effectively. The, the funds are expended uh, mm-hmm. in a proper manner, accounted for, and being as efficient as we can with, with the, the funding that we get from our members. Oh, I wish the government was like that. Like, <laughs> could you imagine if they had to be accountable for their budget? Well, you know, the, the thing I really uh, admire about the directors, uh, they spend so much of their personal time but none of them are paid. Yeah, all president. volunteer. Yeah, they're all volunteers. So when you're an international president, uh, you basically give like five, six years of your life to the organization because to become international president, you have to be first and second vice president. Then you serve a year as president and you serve a year as immediate past president as president of the foundation. <laughs> so, you know, really. Yeah, uh, that's a big commitment. That's a commitment out of your life. So yeah. I... I uh, really admire them for the ability uh, of donating a big chunk of their lives to the organization. Yeah, they'll be you. <laughs> <laughs> and then do they are they do do they do like quarterly meetings or is their uh, stuff just going to be all Zoom too? Uh, well, you know, they they've uh, they've had a hybrid. Some meetings they have face to face and others they do do Zoom meetings. And I think at the present time uh, a lot of the directors from International countries, they, they're not allowed to leave countries, their countries yet. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. So uh, I think the, the U.S. and uh, some of the countries that are allowed to, to get together, they've met. But uh, I think more than half the directors aren't allowed to travel yet. So they've had a hybrid. Oh, yeah, sitting on the Zoom. Uh, see, I don't, that's one thing I don't like. I don't know. The thing about for me is, like, I like being there in person mm-hmm. for, for things. I don't think that uh, true emotion can be shown through like a zoom meeting, right? Like I think if you're like giving a presentation, but you're in front of the room, you can read the room. But if you're like on zoom, you know, it's yeah. kind of like you're looking at yourself in the camera <laughs> and I don't know. I like, I like, I prefer the in-person because I, I like interacting with people. Right. You can, you can read people, you can feel mm-hmm. their emotion. And, and, um, I think that's, that's important, at least for me. Um, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Well, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I really like the face-to-face. I, I think that's when you get the true essence of the person that you're dealing with. Yeah, because otherwise I feel like it's an online class where you're just <laughs> checking off the boxes of what you have to do, mm-hmm. and that's it. But when you're in person, ah, there's just a whole different aspect to it. I enjoy it more. It's kind of why I did the podcast because mm-hmm. I enjoy uh, talking to people, listening to people, and you know, digging, digging around you know, seeing what's going on in their brain and whatnot. <laughs> but you can't do that over, like, you know, Zoom when right. it's a group of people. It's not convenient, right? Yeah. Oh, so real quick, when they do the the Zoom meetings, I'm assuming they have, like, a translator? Oh, they, they have multiple translators because yeah. you have to understand that we, we have lines from all over the world. Yeah. And and some of them don't speak English, so we, we have translators uh, from LCI staff. Oh, I like that. That's cool. So... I guess, uh, Bob, is there anything that you want to um, relay to the people or, or you want to give like an elevator pitch for the Lions Club? Well, I, I think, you know, if, if you're an individual who wants to serve and help their communities and looking for an organization, I can't think of a better organization than Lions to become a member. Uh, there's clubs throughout the entire state. Uh, we have uh, over 1,500 Lions in, in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, we would love to have you work with us side by side to make our communities better. I mean, that's what else more can you ask for, really? Yeah. So if you're one of those individuals, we certainly would love to, to have you. Yeah. Could you imagine if, like, the majority of people were able to be, be lions? Like, just, I don't know, I just think because of the like-mindedness mm-hmm. of it, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a better place. There are some politicians who are lions. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but 
you know, most governors have been lions. Yeah, uh, that's you know, true. But, uh, you know, regardless of whether you call yourself a lion or a Rotarian or, you know, all these other services, organizations, it's people who want to help people. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the bottom line. Uh, if you're a Rotarian, I salute you. If you're a Kiwani, I salute you. But, of course, it's better to be a lion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if anyone's interested in lionism, this is the place to go. Absolutely. Don't, uh, you know, rot- yeah, Rotary's cool, but I don't own a business, so I don't really go to Rotary meetings. I've been to a couple. But, um, yeah, so I appreciate you coming here and, and talking story with me and giving me your time. Oh, and, no, uh, I'm glad to give it. Sharing, sharing a little bit of your history with the Lions and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, if, if there's anything else you want to add, otherwise we'll close it out. No, I mean, you know, I just want to congratulate you uh, for being our president this year. You're doing a good job. And uh, really, uh, we need young people like you. And yeah. we have scotch. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's the water of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what hooked me in my first meeting. I said, oh, there's a scotch bar? Well, all right. Here I go. <laughs> it's part of the social experience, yes. right? Part of growing up. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you do in the international level. Well, we'll see if we get there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much.